Hello, welcome back to the Mike Fraze podcast. You're here with your host, Mike Fraze. Mm. Have you ever felt like you've been walking this path towards a goal or desire which hasn't necessarily felt like it's your own or at least not the identity-driven known? It's like this sense of fate that you've been led on this journey and it doesn't really matter so much what you could conceptually do or even try to fight against or fight against it or try to change the path. It's one that's laid out for you. It's a bit of an interesting paradox, isn't it? And here on the Mike Fraze podcast, we talk all about raising our vibration, you know, stepping into our power. Ultimately, the, the different processes to change our reality through embodiment. So we're embodying that, that king magician frequency that attracts that space of sovereignty and magic in our reality. At the same time, balancing the conscious to subconscious mind, that mage king queen aspect, which helps these, these positive thoughts that we can think differently, act differently, and that flows and trickles out into every aspect of reality. But this is that strange paradox. And I've been wanting to get to this pretty much the last month, and I'm not sure if this this episode will completely answer it. I don't think I have a complete answer for it, but I'll give you a few premises around it anyway. So, yeah, this idea of I guess we can pitch it as fate and destiny versus free will. Are they really separate? Is there really one or the other? Is it perhaps not our destiny? to discover that we have free will? Or do we have the free will to claim our inspired destiny, that our soul path? That's where I feel it. I remember this came up for me. First time I'm seeing it really clearly is I, I talk about a little bit in my first book, I Am Michael, The Journey to the Heart. When I was walking the Camino de Santiago, well, not even particularly the main Camino, the Chemin de Saint-Jacques, the French way, the Owls way, which led to the Camino. And I'd been walking through through a few days. This is back in June, July 2015. And I met this guy from, from Holland, and he was a very interesting guy. He was a little bit older than me. Well, he was probably about 60, 65. He was a teacher, and he was into the, the, the teachings of Rudolf Steiner, who's very much a, talks about these ideas of past life and karma, karma and karma contracts and, and all these different aspects, which I hadn't really explored to that point. I'd worked with the angels and the ascended masters. I'd, yes, I'd visited shamans, which I talk about in the book. But this guy, Rude, pitched this idea to me that, you know, is it really that we have this free will to change our reality? Or is there not this sense of destiny and fate? And it's more like about reclaiming that sovereignty, that, that path. And yeah, we both kind of agree to disagree in that moment. I, I, I liked his premise and, uh, you know, I was, I found it interesting, but I, I wasn't really able to accept it, especially considering I'd spent, I was in my early 30s at that point. I'd spent my whole life trying to really wrestle control of my reality and try to fight and please and to keep up this identity through actions. I felt like I was always kind of not doing the right thing. It definitely did feel like this that destiny at that point. And here I am on a on a Camino where I'm doing things that I feel like I'm choosing to change my reality. But eight or nine years, almost nine years later, 
there's this sense for me, and you might be drawn to this also, that it's almost like we had these choices that we choose before we come into this reality. There's this sense of fate. There is this sense of pathway to this. And it's not actually, you know, mutually exclusive to the conscious awakening path, you know? Even the, the idea of the awakening, that it's our, our purpose to awaken is what I've heard Eckhart Tolle, the author of The Power of Now and Stillness Speaks. He, he simplifies it from a very Taoist being, flow, allowing dimension that our only real purpose in this reality is to awaken. That's his belief. You know, and then you could have other teachings like Esther Abraham Hicks, who's like, you know, expansion. Or we, we came here to play. Everything has this sense of there's no limits on this. So there is this idea of there is a free will and we can explore and expand. But my sense with this and what I'm getting at here in this moment, it's almost like there's there's multiple timelines that we can be on, you know, and we I feel we, we do come into this reality, whether it's the body suffer frequency, and maybe we'll talk about that in a, in another episode. But the body suffer frequency is about helping people awaken to their Buddha nature. You know, it's a it's a it's a willingness to go deep into suffering at some level into conditionality and so that we can really perhaps take on more of what you could call karma or negativity or whatever reason maybe born into certain situations or have certain belief systems or ancestral. So there's all these things that seem to be happening in the in the reality we're living. But it's some form of the choice that we took on before we, or we adopted before we came here that we were going to engage with the, the difficulty of this reality so that we would strengthen our ability to to live and perceive our ability to live from our heart and, and observe our thoughts because we had the contrast, what Esther Hicks would call the contrast that creates the desire. So there is this sense with me, and I don't know how you're feeling with this at the moment, but I can definitely feel it more clearly that I got another example of this today where I went to the shopping center and I'm up here on the Gold Coast and there's been a number of really aligned manifestations lately that have, have given me this sense of, of purpose, you know, clearer sense that everything was always working out. And I, and yes, I believe that it, it's easier to receive that when you believe it. But even the, the, the experiences that have got me to this point in this moment, I, I went down to the shopping center and it, it's something that, Having worked a lot on my vibration, my energetic vibration to change my reality and be more prosperous and so attract more things. When I've got visited the local shopping center to get my groceries, it, it's been this difficulty for me because it's seeming almost, for me personally, like I'm, I'm challenged to hold my vibrational state, hold my positivity, my prosperity frequency of abundance and calm and stillness, while at the same time there's that real headiness and there's the collective frequency of the shopping center where it's busy and there's a lot of collective thoughts and it feels like almost like, yeah, like pouring a clean water and yeah, I'm giving myself a clean water to, into a, a muddy water you know and it's not to say one water is better than another remember because water is still water it's just what you choose to feed it and perceive within it so if you pour clean water into muddy water yes if the water stays pretty clean and it's really strong and and phosphorant and, and overflowing it can purify some of that that muddy water but at the same time it can be difficult for that water to stay at the same level it often needs to be filtered out doesn't it 
if it's in that muddy water, it, can, it, it takes on certain attributes of the collective water. So this is where I found it very difficult. And what I've tried at times at the last, well, six, seven months being up here is, yeah, I've, I've been in the environment, I've walked, I've been present, I've detached, I've held that frequency. And sometimes I've really tried to, to move through the water really quickly. Pull that puddle on there and just kind of get in and out so that I can come back to my, my high vibrational set point. But what I'm hearing and feeling more lately, and this, this metaphor around the destiny and the fate, connected with free will, is the strange thing around stepping into our vibrational power and really coming out this aspect of the shadow is to to really be completely aligned, to be that body of water, that diamond water, that babaji high vibrational frequency, is to actually stop the need to fight the water, to rush the water, to judge the water, to judge the shadow, and just let the shadows come to you. Let them be seen and faced, and even the shadow that you, you need to actually take on other people. You can let them come to you. You can let the people be there, or you can, rather than rushing through, feeling like you're those, those projections, those negativity, those thought patterns that are, are chasing, that we keep trying to move away from. What if we just stopped and we faced it and just allowed it? And that's what I did today a little bit more clearly. And I have been doing the last few weeks with a lot of changes in my reality. Though it can be difficult to do that though. If we, if our programming is, for me personally, that we think we need to become the muddy water. We think we need to be like everybody else. We have a fear story that we will be, you know, a program belief or, or some pattern that we perhaps absorb that if we're not like everybody else, we'll be punished or we deserve to be punished. So there's still a frequency, isn't it? A belief system that drives a narrative. But even to change the timeline, to change it or, or reclaim our fate as a light worker, a bodhisattva, a, a being who lives in prosperity and abundance. It's to not run from the things that are wanting to be seen. So this is the interesting thing with, with fate and timeline and destiny. Is it? I feel like it, it can be difficult to either perceive that there's a timeline or a, or a path that's laid out for us. Unless we stop and really give ourselves the ability to be present and be it, feel it, see it, allow it, receive it. So sometimes these abilities to re even receive that, you know, to receive the awareness that what is it that wants to be seen? Is it the is it the person that keeps jumping in front of you or, or blocking your path? What if you just let them pop in the path? What if you let them say all the things they want to say or if you have a fear of criticism like I've had at times? What if you let the criticism come up? You know? Like this is the interesting thing with what in the people in the human design space call the you know they have there's different stories about how we're programmed and how we see reality and uh, yeah i've been attributed the five one frequency kind of that leader frequency that wants to lead and and be in you know be perceived but the, if i'm too attached to an identity that leads and, and looks at my ability to lead is as conditioned on others i can't move forward if i'm afraid of how others will judge me so the, the shadow of the leader, the you know, uh, what I talk about, the hero-victim-enemy, three-dimensional perspective, is the shadow of the hero is both the victim and the enemy. As in, they're all polarities of the one attribute of the, the warrior frequency.
So, so this warrior frequency is someone that's valued in the in the reality of when it's winning, but when it's losing, it's judged. So then you can transcend that warrior by being a sovereign chooser or leader or magician, who's ultimately doesn't need to fight against the other. They 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 claim their own energy, their own sovereignty, and they stop judging it and touching anyone else. So that's where that shadow comes up, where. Even though we're this leader and we can have all these successful entrepreneurial attributes and we're, we feel like we're providing value for others, we're helping others, and we're not no longer attached, that last little hurdle seems to be this fear of criticism, you know? And, and who are we really afraid of? Who, who's the one really criticizing, you know? It's ourselves in a way, isn't it? Because even when this peed relationship between ourselves and the other, if we fear being criticized by the other, it's quite likely because we have some attachment to that. Either if it's a parent or a loved one or a relationship. That doesn't mean we to to not care, is that that we don't love the other. I think what a, what is this opportunity that every challenge provides, even the person that blocks our powerful or abuses and we, we felt this consistent need to whether it's detach or to run away or a confront. If when we can just accept, to go to the highest level, accept them and their perspective, accept them and the story and the belief system, still being able to choose if we want to respond or not. But the power, the more powerful response, is sometimes to, to not only to touch a judge or to well, just have to let them be, let the criticism come up. Let the feedback be there, still from a loving space, not from a judgmental space. And that's where I, I, I got to today at the shopping centre, at this, where I can feel, like, because when we, we work on the energy of the body and our awareness, we feel this. We feel the, the, the real chatty mind. We feel all these things. But the, the invitation from some level, from a detached of the body's up to space, is to be able to still feel in the heart, but detach the need to attach, to try to save the rescue, is to hold the frame of unconditionally loving awareness. Because this is the thing. We might think, and I hear people talk about this in the prosperity field, a lot of New Thought teachings. You know, I think Esther Hicks would talk about it. You know, we can't get poor enough to help the poor, Yeah. If we want to help people change their poverty mindset, we don't help them by being poor and being in the same frequency. We help them by embodying prosperity and abundance. And that, that, that could be viewed on a, a monetary level, but it can, most likely it's the immortal worth. How worthy do you feel? Can you look in the mirror and say, I love you for you, regardless of any external circumstance? That's the greatest version of abundance and prosperity. And that, for me, that is the timeline that we're all on. That our destiny and our pathway to move you towards that unique expression of self. So this is the premise that I'm getting at with, with this. It feels like we're being moved towards something, isn't it? Ultimately, we're being moved towards love. Because we're always love. We are love at our very core, beyond even the even the fear and the judgment, the projection, the negativity, if it happens, or even the need to fight back as we feel like we're attacked. It's normal. It's understandable to want to respond and fight back if we haven't got enough awareness in our body to value ourselves, doesn't it? So from a three-dimensional perspective, that's always looking good or bad. If someone is to, to criticize us, of course, it's natural to, to want to defend, isn't it? At the same time, sometimes it can be tempting to, on our journey, if we're, we're frustrated, to criticise others, to, to value ourselves. 
So the most radical step, it's seeming radical until it's not, is to just choose love. Is to be love. And love is not about giving away our power or even having to agree with other people or disagree or or convert or argue. It, it's really the, the, the paradox of acceptance is love. Acceptance of the moment. Acceptance of we are already enough. So when we can perceive that we're already enough, and I say when, it's, it's not really a, a, a time-bound thing, you know. We are enough. So it's like we're only going to stop. There's only a future until we can accept it in the moment, you know. There's only a, a need to, to race and run away from the shadows until we accept, well, what if we're already enough already? Thanks again for being a part of these and all these journeys on the podcast with me. I'm feeling if you really want to go deep with this and, and get this sense of what I was going through on the Camino and these challenges when these people and these mirrors are coming up, yeah, I'd particularly recommend Awareness Camino de Santiago, the sequel to the, the original Arles Way Camino journey. It's constructed from the shamanistic perspective of the manifestations of the spirit. You know, what is happening in the external reality that is causing, you know, me to desire change? The knock of the spirit, which is this sense of fate, the sense of destiny, the sense of this wanting to unlock my, my pathway to move forward. The trickery of the spirit, the necessary trickery of the spirit, which happens when, because the self, the identity is still wanting answers, it's wanting this need to know, it needs to be somewhat tricked. It needs to realize that it's actually not missing anything, but it can't accept that from the perception mind that keeps needing to strive. And ultimately the descent of the spirit, the reclamation of I am, the sense that this is all someone of the dream. And if we align with our heart and believe in our worth, reality will reflect back that same level of worth and deservingness. Bye for now.